1: Fingaroode, fingaroode, <laughs> All right, here we go. Good morning, Mr. TK.
2: Good morning, Daryl. How all are right? you? Uh, I'm great. I'm look, great. Look it's been at a you. Good week.
1: You're all dapper. I'm like back in COVID mode. I'm turning into a werewolf again.
2: Yeah, I got no time to change after the after the recording, so I'll be right out the door today. That's okay.
1: That's good. That's good. Yeah. Bus- busy, busy is good. good.
2: Busy is good. What's what's new? What's what's the update for you? Nothing. It's school uh, any cases
1: there are uh, there are we got we did I think we talked about it we did get an email that there's a case at my kids school but their school is here so they're safe homeschooling has not improved since we spoke last okay I, I it's really funny though but the kids are I guess uh, they're not complaining that much I think they complain about real school more than they complain about uh, virtual school, yeah. <laughs> yeah obviously, my, my daughter's <laughs> hockey league shut shut itself down.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's it's Surprise. like postponed right now. So I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, that that's going on. And uh, what else? That's it. What it's all good. What we're, about you? We're
2: supposed to start hockey uh, October eighteenth.
1: What's this, and men or your son?
2: Men. We lost a whole team in our division, right? Like somebody just basically said, like we don't have enough guys. We're not interested in coming, and you know, yada yada yada. So uh, we're trying to make it out, uh, trying to you know make it up and get more players and readjust the uh, the format and stuff. But we'll see. I mean, you never know. By October eighteenth, we could we could be shut down.
1: It's going to be really interesting to see how the real estate market reacts to another somewhat closure, a Donald Trump COVID. Uh, uh,
2: Diagnosis, diagnosis, yeah. yeah.
1: And then, and then, you know, instantly he went from like I'm fine, I'm gonna be okay, I'm gonna work from the White House to being airlifted over to a hospital. The guy's seventy four and fat. He's like a perfect candidate to need like a respirator and maybe not make it through this thing. But the mm-hmm. the markets are gonna be interesting now.
2: I know. That's it's gonna be global markets are. Uh, we'll see what happens Monday.
1: Just in general, like everybody was pretty confused to begin with. I watch a lot of uh, other guys talking about the markets here in Canada and uh, like nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's just like, I guess we'll see what happens right now. It's good, though. Mm -hmm. And right now it is good, isn't it?
2: I hope he recovers. That's uh, that's for sure.
1: Now, now. we decided to both kind of pick a topic to talk about today, which is a new format for us, which well, is kind of let's cool. Let's
2: do the deal update. We got to get the deal update. Uh, no,
1: it's just really annoying. The guys, the, these guys, for for two weeks, are saying, you know, we're gonna bring you an offer, and then it's like, okay, where's we, the offer? We, Where's the offer, man? Where's, Where's the, the offer? offer? So now the last the last message I got, it was supposed to come at some point last night. It did not. And the message I got was that it's in with the CFO for approval now. Mm. It's like this is the biggest deal that's ever happened in the city of Toronto. It's very complicated. <laughs> it's taken a lawyer two weeks to put this offer together.
2: Yeah, there. that's what happens when you give... Uh real estate purchases into the hands of the lawyers good luck
1: but like i don't know what's going on here this is not yeah. a very tricky deal well anyway so fingers Hopefully you
2: get it sold and, and it's definitely a great property and knowing what uh, you're asking uh it's a deal
1: there's a lot of interest though like a lot yeah. i i have four people that i'm talking to simultaneously right now it's just yeah. for some reason. Even over the last year, you know, we get really close and we've had a bunch of offers. They're just not where we want them to be yet. Mm -hmm. The the COVID just totally messed up things. And it's not an A location, right? Yeah. But it's just annoying. Yeah, we'll get it done. I know we will. Uh, It's just really annoying. It's not even annoying that it takes two weeks. It's annoying the communication, right? It's like, we'll get this to you on Friday. Friday Mm -hmm. comes Oh, sorry. We'll get it to you on Tuesday. Tuesday comes. Oh, sorry. It's going to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday comes. It's going to be tonight before I go to sleep. It's in with the CFO. Okay. So like it doesn't instill confidence in this uh, offer, even if we do get it at some point.
2: Yeah. That, that, that world's a lot different. Um, you know, we're, We've got some topics today to talk about what people do in the um, well there's a residence there's a whole world there's but a, that, that that world with the developers and, and the land guys is, is
1: there's just awesome. another dynamic that you actually have to take into account a lot more like when you have 22 offers on a house you're not really sitting there going like and, and they're kind of firm offers or, or, or no no uh, no no real due diligence or no no
2: no yeah I'll take my chances <laughs> Well, I like the neighborhood. <laughs> but you, you,
1: as a seller, you don't really care who the buyer is. You care about the price and like who's going to go good. firm, right? You
2: got a deposit? All right. Well, let's, let's move forward. Let's now.
1: move forward. But with, with something of this size and this kind of money, they're not just going firm and they yeah. want to tie it up. And if you're going to put your hands in somebody that's you know, not so strong, yeah. you, know, you, you may end up down the road 60, 90 days later still holding the bag. Exactly. So you really have to take into consideration who you're you're getting into even a, a conversation with. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah, exactly. That's a that's another element. So uh, Merton Street.
1: Yeah, sold. Boom.
2: Sixty offers. Sixty, sorry, sixty showings. Sixty showings, yeah. Sixty showings, sixteen offers.
1: Sixteen offers.
2: Yeah, sold for three hundred and twenty thousand over asking. Wow. And um, firm Yep, it was a pretty, yeah, was a pretty uh, you know intense night there was a lot of stuff there's a lot of different perspectives there's a lot of uh, layers to it because of the type of property it was so in the end we took the best offer we had in writing that was it and it took
1: it was it firm who cares yeah
2: well there's other things that we had to look at but either way it was the best offer in writing and the sellers were thrilled and uh you know these are always happy moments and Congrats. everything too. seems like the market's doing well we had other multiple offers this week that were not so great um, you know, I sold a condo this week too that we took over from another agent who was um, uh, unable to sell it because the, uh, the clients had already purchased a property. So um, I took over that listing and, and luckily we sold it in a week too with, um, you know, with, we had the status and everything like that. So it was able to be a firm offer and, and the guys were able to get basically out of trouble and stuff too. But definitely the price uh, a lot lower than the same unit sold a year ago, that's for sure. You know, I'd say it would be about uh,
1: 10%. What's this? The condo?
2: The condo, yeah. Yeah. About 10%. Where was it? Uh, Young and Eglinton.
1: Yeah. That's one of the major uh, hubs for for inventory at the moment.
2: Yeah. They had, um, you know, it on the market for a while before us and did everything they could and couldn't get it done. So,
1: what changed?
2: Well, obviously, we did like, we actually marketed the property and, and, and did everything. The way that it should be at the highest level there were some issues on that front too um but you know also pricing right right pricing was a factor
1: so they did or everything they, they, they could they, they did they everything they could before you except price it properly
2: yeah everything that they were capable of yeah there was definitely some major issues to what was going on to yeah be honest with you. okay well like the front shot, the very first shot that when you looked at was a picture of a ground floor garden on the property. <laughs> like it wasn't even like a condo building. It almost looked like it was either a ground floor or a townhouse or something like that. Like there were some issues that were
1: I love when the first few pictures have nothing to do with the actual unit you're buying. It's like yeah, here, here's they, the common area of the the, the building. The street and, cars, uh, here, stuff outside. Here's the gym and here's the pool and then you get like this shot of a tiny decrepit iPhone. kitchen or something.
2: Uh, portrait
1: (laughs) it's amazing it's amazing that things sell from certain people but anyways yeah so so that's good congratulations that's amazing
2: it was a successful week lots of stuff going on Uh, lots of showings and other listings I've got Um, definitely lots of activity but I was with a lot of buyers over the last two weeks and I was monitoring certain properties that had offer dates and some of them it was like yeah that's not the right place for us also, because we believe that it was going to sell more based off of what the sale was that we looked at, you know, a month earlier or whatever, and uh, some of them didn't sell. I saw them get price increases. Uh, a few of them actually, and there's a couple of that uh, uh, properties that we've dealt with on the team that had the same thing. They weren't able to get the multiple offers. They thought that the price was aggressive or attractive enough to to have that happen, and it didn't. So they had to raise the price.
1: So there was this article this week that says Canadian real estate buyers trying to walk away from purchases become rampant. And so I figured this is like...
2: Yeah,
1: and I figured this was like Calgary or, you know, somewhere out west or in in the prairies where, you know, things are not so great at the moment. But no, it's talking about Toronto. Toronto real estate buyers ghosting sellers. So it, it says... I don't think it really lists the agent's name oh yeah marvin alexander from keller williams realty
2: i'm you know i gotta say this carefully i have a i have a hard time um believing that there would be that many deals that that happened to in one brokerage
1: nearly 30 it says here
2: that that seems like that seems like it's it's
1: this sounds crazy but
2: i but i don't i don't know for sure have you heard of it
1: I haven't heard of it we once. Had, we had
2: one. We had one. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. You do have one. Mm, it's rampant. In this
2: particular case, it was a partner of mine. It was a multiple offer. The highest price came in. It was significantly higher than the second place.
1: Mm, but they, they couldn't do it.
2: it and so mm. the right move for the seller to do was not to relist the property and try to sell it and take them to court and all that kind of stuff.
1: Call it the other guy. Those
2: buyers and say, hey, what is it going to take for you guys to get it done? Yeah. And they What is it going to take to put
1: in you in this house?
2: That's the way, that's that's our job, right? So, so did their um,
1: price go down?
2: I don't know all the terms exactly. It could have been price. It could have been, whatever it was, there was, there was a renegotiation and uh, they made it work. They got the deposit, done deal.
1: So these guys are saying they've seen nearly 30. You've seen one. Now, if this was a school, this would be an outbreak.
2: Outbreak, <laughs> right?
1: We are not only having rampant purchasers walking away or ghosting. Yeah, We have a pandemic
2: find, on our hands here.
1: This I is going to be
2: highly irresponsible, to be honest with you.
1: Ooh, yeah. Highly irresponsible. I agree. I think this and CMHC, all these people. But I mean, we have a vested interest no, in but, saying but
2: those, that. Are, those are different. Those are different. They have a purpose like this one here serves no purpose. I mean, when, when you sign an agreement of purchase and sale, that's firm and binding. You are required to fulfill the terms of that deal. OK, so just because you didn't bring a deposit, sure, you're in breach. Right. And on closing, the sellers then can say to their lawyer that they want to, um, you know, bring on litigation in order to be able to, to you know, cover any damages and, and whatever else that they can prove they had to suffer through. Right. So that, that's the whole point of the contract. And if you have an article out there that people are saying, oh, so you mean if I sign a firm agreement, I don't have to bring the check and everything's going to be OK because the sellers don't want to sue me. Well, now you're going to have, one, people doing it where the sellers have no problem suing you because they got all the time in the world. They didn't even want to sell. And two, you're going to have people who are going to be um, uh, irresponsibly going out there and trying to do this to different people, which is why I really like they had a um, covenant, uh, cooperating brokerage covenant at the end. There were some recommendations on what agents to sign. It means nothing, but it just puts the agent on the... Um, The the hot plate and says, Hey, look, if this is what you guys are doing, you realize that this is in contravention of reba and this is, you know, you could be facing disciplinary disciplinary action. And I think that that's good so that people aren't doing it purposefully, but we're not in charge of our clients. If the buyer says he wants to go and change his mind the next day and doesn't bring his deposit, I can scream and yell and say, Real Estate and Business Brokers Act. He's going to say, Listen, I'm not bringing you to the deposit. Screw off. <laughs>
1: yeah, go fuck yourself.
2: Right? So now, it, now uh, what do you do as an agent? All you can do is advise them of their of their legal responsibilities.
1: Mm-hmm. And is there any consequence to the other agent that brings that offer?
2: The cooperating broker? Yeah. Um, depending on the circumstances. So if it was like you had an agreement of purchase and sale in place with another property and you were just going around buying, getting multiple deals signed... Just to be able to pick and choose which one you want, absolutely.
1: So it says here that this happened in BC before, and uh, they they walked away. The seller had to sell for twenty eight percent less, but then in court, the original purchaser was ordered to pay a lot of money to make up the difference from, I guess, yep. the shortfall that they had to sell it for, right? Plus, which that,
2: article are you reading? Though, are you reading the REM online?
1: Better dwelling
2: exactly so rem online is the one that didn't publish the court case Mm -hmm. that's the one that i read so now it's like you're not you're not citing any specific cases where people tried to do this and face the consequences you need to have the information yeah one that rem online it's like it's very irresponsible to not bring that part up because then people go oh the seller's not going to want to sue me do you know how many people sell properties where they're they have seller has i have i have a client who called me back a week after two weeks after closing to tell me they want to buy their property back because they missed their home and that they're willing to offer a premium to the buyer right so there's people out there who imagine that so imagine you said i didn't even want to sell now i'm going to be able to go and say to the courts that i did want to sell and that there's going to be damages and now if the market tanks and i and i change my mind then i try to sell and lose money I'm going to be able to go get my money back.
1: Well, listen, I mean, the people that understand how the court system works here in Canada, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can get away with this fairly easily because it, look, even if you are willing to go to court and go through that whole process, God knows how long that's going to take, literally years before there's an actual judgment. Then once there's a judgment, you actually have to collect that money. Exactly, and the courts don't really do much to help you collect things. So not much. I mean, yeah, I, I this is not a new thing though. This is just a couple of articles talking about it.
2: But it's, it's uh, that one guy who's talking about his brokerages experience, and again, it seem it seems a little irresponsible to me. But anyways, maybe he, I don't know all the information. So.
1: Even still, thirty sounds a little crazy at this stage. But let's let's monitor this story. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We'll get someone on the ground monitoring the story. All right.
1: So you started to kind of touch on uh, a couple of regulations and a couple of regulatory uh, institutions. So why don't we segue into first phase of Ontario's modernized real estate rules officially in effect. Now, there was a few stories about this this week. This is from Toronto Stories. Um Basically, it's saying that uh, you guys get to, I guess, incorporate now and make more money. Keep more money. (laughs) Well, you do, because now you get to pay your expenses out of a corporation, right? And you get to pay taxes on the balance rather than the reverse. Like you you used to be treated as an employee, right? I mean, that's one major part of this thing, right? And you're allowed to hire staff and like you get to act like a business now.
2: Yeah, like at the end of the day, we still had everything that we can still do all those things right now as a sole proprietor. So there's really not much of a change as far as what we're able, how we're able to operate. And all the money that we take out of the corporation is taxed personally. Sure. But really what it is now is all the money that is left in the corporation will be taxed at a corporate rate.
1: Oh, so hold on. you. That's, oh, you could still write things off against... What before? My
2: personal income too, right? So it's, right. Not, it's not, nothing really major has changed. There is extra cost to this and everything too. The biggest one for me actually personally is um, allowing family members to be paid dividends, right? So if I wanted to have, say that my wife was getting paid dividends or if I wanted to have, uh, you know... Um, kids when they get older or something like that and that's a lot of professional corporations will do that just so you can split up the taxes like legal income splitting yeah exactly so that's that can reduce the the overall tax burden um but you know for the most part it's it it is it is a a strong uh, change that we really needed i think i'm going to spill the beans here we that was what we wanted so the uh trust in real estate services act is sort of A mirage to make it seem like it's about making consumers have more trust in real estate agents so they put in all these different things that were like there to make sure that people understand that they're going to get better service from real estate agents. And that's why we need to change. And by the way, we want personal real estate corporations. And so we'll make sure that everybody, you know, so there, there was a little bit of a, you know, so that, that was pretty obvious, but I, yeah, yep. I don't, I don't and see it. It's not, it's not wrong. I'm just saying.
1: No, it's, it, I don't know why it wasn't like this to begin with, but yeah, I mean the, it was, the, re- the rest of the stuff in here, I was going to say, TK, you're going to have to explain some of this stuff to me. Cause it seems like a bunch of, horse shit to me yeah yeah, updating and modernizing the code of ethics for real estate professionals that's amazing i can't believe you guys are going to do that
2: i know and that we can actually uh not call people customers anymore like oh wow everyone's going to be treated uh a little bit different like a client that's in a uh agreement or not right so
1: implementing
2: why does that customer word ever even you know, ever even uh, have have a uh, have a title? Like, why are we calling people customers and clients? Like, what what the what the heck are you talking about? I don't even why know. What even exist.
1: What are you even talking about? What What are you talking about? So
2: the word customer is not going to be used anymore, and that oh. uh, clarifying that a consumer is either represented by a brokerage or self-represented will clearly state the nature of the relationship between a registered and a person they are not representing as a client. So instead, we used to call them customers, and that was like our way of saying you're not being represented, you're a customer. <laughs>
1: The, the whole real estate uh, <laughs> agent thing is just mind boggling.
2: Yeah. Um, and then, you know, labeling people real estate agent, like we couldn't call ourselves real estate agent. It was like you're either a broker or a salesperson, real estate well, salesperson, real estate broker. So,
1: so yeah. hold on a second. Maybe you can explain this to me, because yeah. way back when I started, people were called real estate agents. And then all of a sudden, and and the broker was like the company that employed all of the real estate agents. Yes. Then all of a sudden, everybody became brokers. And that guy who owned the business became a broker of record. Yes. And then there was, there's a piece of people would say realtors. I don't know what the fuck. But did anything.
2: Representative, salesperson.
1: Why? Why? why, What happened? What happened to the real estate agent and why is he a broker now? (laughs)
2: I have no idea. They just wanted to make sure that things were being labeled properly and somebody wanted to make sure that if they got their broker's license, that they could be called a broker and that that new agent who doesn't have their broker's license should be called a sales, right? He's just trying to sell you stuff. I'm brokering the deal. So, so it's, it is, it's silly.
1: But at some point, the 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 uh, idea of you know that personal connection that a realtor has with a client is not going to work anymore. And and people will buy stuff, you know, not through realtors. Don't the, the, like does the whole industry not really see that coming down the pipe? Is it like the 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 bank tellers who don't really see those ATMs like taking their jobs away?
2: Well, that's a whole different different topic. But uh, no. Well, but what
1: what is no? Because listen, the the real estate board generally is doing stuff to solidify that that doesn't happen, like to solidify their stranglehold on the information and the data so that that doesn't happen, right? So there's got to be more behind this than you guys, you know, having a, a reduced income tax rate and splitting your taxes with your family members. There's got to be more inside this thing that nobody really realizes.
2: Yes, and the title of it has to be trust. or The word trust has to be in there so that everybody knows that you know, this is the Trust and Real Estate Act, and well, it's going to be there to help people. That's red it's flag number term.
1: one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Other than um, the fact of, you know, that it's a realty thing.
2: Yeah. So they're changing the way that RICO acts so that different ways that discipline committees and everything like that will be um, uh, handled so that people can have streamlined uh, disciplinary hearings to make sure people are, are, are being punished the way they should. Enhance, enhance consumer protection, right? So that's really what it's based off of, right? They want to make sure that consumers are protected, which I agree with. There's a, just a ton of crap out there that consumers need to be aware of and, and, and things need to be able to be enforced. Otherwise, what's the point of having them? Um, they should
1: have a rating a system. Big
2: one, a big one that I like, which I haven't been able to get into too much yet because they're still coming up with the programs, are these specialist type of designations, right?
1: Like Commercial?
2: that's the most important one because we're all licensed to do everything so I think if per- someone's dealing with a commercial agent they it should be somebody who really knows what they're talking about if it's maybe uh, a subsection of land or it re- like really I know I know the ups and downs of those type of businesses and you and I'm aware of them I don't know them in and out I'm saying that there has to be somebody who really knows uh, every single part of the transaction the, re- the residential side for example the condo that, that I sold this week too like not everybody understands how to maneuver the, the residential market the way that it needs to be. And so if there's condo, could be condo specialists. There could be people, I'm not sure exactly how far they're going to go, but having just some extra official title, because what happened was Joe Blow started up, um, you know, a senior real estate specialist and said, I'm going to give you this accredi- accreditation, if I said that word right. And then you do this course and he says, <laughs> he sends it all over North America and you get to put this little, uh, you know, instead of your MBA or PhD, you got this S-R-E-S. Everyone goes, see, I know what I'm talking about. But it means nothing. No one's looked over that paperwork. No one's checked over that type of program. Like, it's really not that monitored.
1: No. Anybody can get it. But you just, what you need an extra course.
2: You could have sold no seniors any homes whatsoever and have that four letters at the end of your name. Zero, sure. zero experience. But you have those four letters. That's sure. That's crazy, man. That's crazy.
1: So, so, I mean, we just watched a whole generation of people that swore they would never shop online, start shopping online, right? So, like, at some point, the realtor will be way less necessary. Other than the fact that you guys, even, even recently, didn't you, you did you hear, like, they, they I, I guess a year ago, you guys were, were, were forced to release all the data, like, the sales yeah. data, right? And then all of a sudden, they started like putting strangleholds on some of these little companies that are making their money off of providing that data again.
2: There, well, there was there was rules that had to be put put in place for the uh, the VOWs virtual office websites, and uh, some of them weren't all you know meeting the rules. So, I think that's that's been handled now. It was just in the in the initial um, release of all that information. There's but, a I mean, lot I of. Disagree with you. I have to disagree with you entirely. You
1: I know, know uh, you have to. You have I to. Mean,
2: there's just there's just no way I could be replaced by by a robot.
1: No, not a robot. <laughs> right. there's just, there's but,
2: so many there's so many or computers or anything. There's just so many things that we have to deal with with people and their emotions. And literally, if they're the ones in charge of getting things done, their emotions get in the way, and uh, it's not possible. There is there's never going to be an online real estate service that is going to take over the entire real estate industry. It's
1: there never there are some guys putting a lot of money. They all lose. at trying to do it,
2: they're all they're all losing. They're all they're all just playing the uh, the stock market game. They're all just trying to get these uh, you know these buyouts and these uh, you know get into the IPOs and everything else. And they can get to that point. That's part they get of Wall it. Wall Street behind them, and then everyone goes, "Oh, this is going to be the next big thing" because people buy into it. It's it's not it's not successful.
1: You can't see people like trading condos online like it's a stock market and like flipping stuff, day trading condos in Toronto. And New York I'm
2: not saying I don't see it but there's just no way that that is going to be the um, the go-to way no I'm, I'm not saying it can't happen it's already being done in a way yeah but at, at the same time it's it's a fraction it's it's one two percent of sales max it's well gonna get past that.
1: let's monitor this story
2: we'll get someone on the ground
1: yes <laughs> thank you. Okay, and then for some godforsaken reason, and I'm not sure what you uh, are thinking, but Mm -hmm. you chose to talk about the um, affordable housing bids for the open door... um, What do they call this thing? Open door program for for Ontario. What do do I know about it? I know that when I read it, it is not very enticing to use
2: as a developer who doesn't own any properties.
1: Um, Well, that's not true, but what
2: I'm saying is a developer, that's the perspective you're looking at. It's from like the big developers who don't have land to to develop already or already own land that they can build something better on.
1: You need to have something already because you have to, well, you have to go through the application and you have to have like drawings done. You have to have statistics
2: they offer they offer um, uh, public land as well there there's a way to them. yeah
1: there's a way to bid on public land so yeah i mean listen it, it's an attempt to get numbers uh down to a ridiculously low point so so i mean one of the parameters is that you have to have 50 percent affordable yes for 40 years
2: for 40 years exactly
1: affordable they consider at or lower than uh, their rental market rate, which but CMHC that's, that's provides.
2: Like, exactly. That's not like the rates that we, you and I are accustomed to. Well, they might okay. be the
1: average across the whole uh, of Ontario. I don't, I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, these numbers yeah, right? are crazy. For
2: 1,700, right?
1: One bedroom. I mean, listen, right. the reality is mo- there's more one and two bedrooms than three bedrooms. But yeah, three bedrooms, you know, we hear average of what? A three bedroom is... Close to three grand or something, grand, right? Yeah. yeah. So one bedroom here is thirteen seventy four. Plus, there's a utility allowance for everything, which inc- yeah. adds eight uh, percent or something like that to the to the rent. Sure. So a one bedroom they're saying is like fourteen fifty, fourteen seventy or something with the utility allowance, right? Sure. Yeah. But we know that a one bedroom. Like even in Scarborough when bedroom is now like two grand.
2: So two grand. Yeah. I, I don't know where CMHC gets those numbers from. I, I didn't look into it, but either way, that's what they base it they off They say
1: of. in here that this is what they base it off of. So you need to have 50% of 40 years at these ridiculously reduced prices. So I I mean, they offer ways to reduce costs by, you know, For giving development charges, giving super cheap loans, uh, fast tracking the development like they have
2: giving you the space to build it on.
1: Well, giving you the space to build it on. But they lease that to you. They're not selling you the land. Right. So they're leasing the land to you at 99. Listen, I'm sure that there are some people that can make this work somehow. I don't know how this is going to get us to 40,000 units by 2030.
2: I think they're gonna get it done. I'm Dude. confident that they've got that they've got enough people who will be interested, especially on some of the land that they've already got. Cool. And it also allows for negotiations and stuff too. So
1: Well I'm listen, sure this is not are... a new program. It it got passed in two thousand and sixteen. It's been four years. We've produced I think maybe ten thousand units. Not yeah, even right. ten thousand units. So I don't know. When I look at this, I, I don't know what it takes for somebody to and, and plus you have to be really strong uh financially and experience wise to even uh be considered for this so
2: think about it like habitat for humanity think about all these other nonprofits who are thinking like all right like where's that extra revenue stream we're going to get we have support we've got access to financing we've got the uh resources churches
1: maybe churches might like want to partner with a developer and do something on this thing like there's definitely ways to do it but I, I think most of the developers in the city would rather just keep buying land and building I condos agree. and I, I, selling I, condos.
2: They're not they're not going to have the, the proposals from you know all the best guys. But I think it's also entry level development too. For no, are- but
1: like a lot of the big companies like Star Starlight and Timber Creek and these gigantic uh, apartment reits um, mm-hmm. that have land that have extra land, like we were talking about a few weeks ago. Like yep. that is something that could qualify because now there's no land component for them. Like it's a lot easier for them to qualify and they these guys have huge timelines. So, okay, so they're going to have 50% of the building making the money for 40 years and I don't know if it makes money. I, I, they must have to get it to a point where it actually makes them some money over the 40 exactly. years, right? So cool. in 40 years, the thing's going to be like crazy, right? Yeah. Plus they get to increase market rents every year like yeah, everybody no, else so rent like like 40 years. Yeah. So definitely for like the right people this is enticing I would imagine but like yeah. you have to I think you have to be like you ha, you really have to be it, it's desperate. it's No, I don't think it's desperate. I I don't know where you have to be. That's why I can't finish the
2: sentence. Like philanthropic, you have to be uh, you know will it, will it he has be a man for the people to,
1: it has to be like the right mix so like for example i know a guy who's uh he's like third generation right married into the family and the family has so many rental properties it's crazy gigantic company and so the the third generation started a development company and he's been developing like their land where there's access land, right? Or with Mm -hmm. their friends who own land and he'll, he'll build it for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so a guy like that, and he's been like dealing with churches too. Like a guy like that could probably put a couple of these things together. Um, Big old time rental owners can probably put some of these kind of things together. I don't see how it entices like your typical condo developer.
2: No, I don't think it does at all. No, I mean, those are really the guys
1: that are driving the new stuff. Like, listen, a a guy like Starlight or some of these REITs, I mean, for them to go through buying land, building something, go through this whole program, do all this, instead of just buying a building that's already built that they could rent it right away. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why they would do this,
2: but... I mean what's the flexibility on developers when they are looking at the official plan and and bylaws and everything else too? Like is there is there is it possible to push the density up? Like can the city does the city have that power to push the density up above or is that setting precedence that's dangerous to do?
1: Well, the city has the power to do it, but the constituents have the right to appeal and you know, not vote for that person again. Mm -hmm. Right? So uh I don't think that regular, unless, you know, there's an overwhelming agreement in the community and with the counselors and everybody that this makes a lot of sense.
2: Do you know of communities who want affordable housing in their neighborhood?
1: And over dense
2: (laughs) affordable (laughs) housing? Like, but we're getting we're getting affordable housing, and there's going to be five thousand new people moving into that one lot back there. Right.
1: Plus, plus this is in addition to the already required affordable units in new buildings.
2: Mm.
1: So, purpose? uh, No, no, no. Condos also have inclusionary zoning now. I mean, we talked about it last week briefly it's not a new thing they're they're enforcing it but they're talking about it as if it's a new I thing ride, again though, right well the city has has a, a habit of introducing an idea putting it into practice even though it hasn't been voted on and approved yet for like example official plans or or um yeah even just an official plan amendment like they'll Or a a tall building guidelines. Like, while it's being appealed at the OMB, they're still enforcing things. Mm. Like, this is just what the city does. So, they come up with an idea. They start enforcing it. And then, so, like, inclusionary zoning. I know of a few sites where they've had to deal with inclusionary zoning. 10% of their units had to be affordable, even though it's not fully passed. But the the city wouldn't approve it otherwise. Yeah. So again, it's like you, they had to have 10. So if you already had, Well, so in a good area where there's transit, which is where the inclusionary zoning is, now in addition to the 10%, you have to have 50% that's affordable for 40 years. So th- there's not that many apartments getting built in like these good transit areas either because the land's more expensive. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know what the hell you wanted to talk about this for. Right for right the tanking. Scarborough's great. But Scarborough's like... The
2: place to be. Let's
1: even go. still, why the hell do you want to have a $1,300 a month one bedroom when you can have a $2,000 a month and not have any restrictions and raise the rent every year right now because it's a new building?
2: Yeah.
1: Like, I don't get it. But, I mean, there's lots of things that I don't get. And there is a realistic chance that i am completely wrong on this i accept that possibility as in
2: i'm 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 wrong often
1: yeah i think i'm wrong but. way more often than i'm right
2: <laughs> but i do i do uh, get to the right answer uh, uh eventually whether someone has to tell me or i figured it out myself let's just kind of go right out ba- go right back to the um the covid stuff the numbers and everything else like the market what's going on these changes are pretty, pretty drastic what they've, what they've uh, announced.
1: I don't know if they're drastic enough. I mean, they're, they're, they're making a point, I think like they really are trying desperately to not close this sucker down again. So they're going to play whack-a-mole. They're going to tighten things up. I think in an attempt to, I mean, they're making masks mandatory inside. I heard is one of the things I thought that was already a thing though.
2: Uh, I think it was just in uh, businesses and stuff like that. But if it was like, You know, you were at the office or something. I think there was like open, like public businesses, like a retail or something like that. But if you went to the office, you could take your mask off and sit at your desk or whatever. Now they're just like, no, you can't do that.
1: Can't do that. Hmm.
2: Parents at schools now pick up your kids with your mask on.
1: She's Uh, calling for uh, closing inside eating again.
2: uh, That's what she's saying. Yeah. But
1: you know what? You know what's great with that? Like we see lots of restaurants closing, but I'm also seeing lots of new restaurants opening.
2: Yeah. they must have been in plans already
1: no but they also look look if you can figure out how to make it work like this i mean imagine what your your business will be like later it's not hard to just have like a pickup and take out
2: business that's it just no seating just people walk in uh shrink your space
1: like food you know change up the menu you know Wiz khalifa yeah so Wiz khalifa started a, a ghost kitchen restaurant and he's got like locations in like yeah. multiple US cities and he's on DoorDash and uh Perfect. Grubhub and uh Uber Eats and it's like he's pumping out chicken wings and stuff for stoners like for for yeah. for when they're when they're uh, got the munchies
2: yeah and we do mexican we do italian we what, do whatever chinese he, what do you he's want has got like
1: four or five things that they just ship out from those things yeah but that what else do you need what else do you need? I saw this other cool article of this uh, company downtown here. They, they put like a, um, a container in their laneway behind their restaurant, little window in it. And they're like selling wine, cheese and fresh bread that they're making in this like, yeah, it's really cool. But the like the
2: th- thing is is winter's coming, right? Like that's what the restaurants are afraid of right now.
1: But there's still ways to make money. You you but you got to move. You got to shrink your footprint, you know, you got to get yeah. rid of the inst You you can't rely on that anymore. You got to figure gotta out like for everybody. No, but you got to figure out like what's the mix where I can make money in the food industry now. And just and just do it. And then later, you know, if things open up again, then get a location again if you want or pull up your your container, get it get it uh, moved somewhere else. Where you can yeah. have seating,
2: I, I, I'm trust me, I'm in, I'm I'm behind you on that 100. You know, I think we should have food trucks like California does, right? Where it's just like you know, people are just that's what they're running restaurants out of, and like there's way more locations than what they're allowed now. Like where are food trucks? Front Street, like Queen Street. Like, you
1: need a permit. You can't just go anywhere yeah, with a food truck. That's
2: what I mean. Like but it should be like
1: f- food trucks should have like an app, and you should be able to call them, say, hey, I want I want you over around here.
2: Well, you can, you can call food trucks and they'll come and set up shop for private events and stuff, but it just should be a, a way better system for food trucks. Like, you know, allow them to go wherever they want, you know, like yeah. have a permit where it says you got a permit for the next month and any legal parking spot you can find, you're able to sell your food out of.
1: Yeah. I don't, right? I don't understand what the issue with that would be. But anyways, yeah. the point is, is that there's plenty of ways for all of us foodies to get our food and, and and a lot of ways for people to make money providing it for us. It just, you know, and like you said before, maybe that in dining experience is going to have to be like an extravagant luxury for a little yeah. while. Yeah. It's like yeah. You, you need a, you need a membership to eat Absolutely. here. You I'm need sure a member. Me- your
2: table's ready for you.
1: That's right. Can I, can we swab your brain cavity, please? Yeah. Can you lean back a little so we can swab your brain? Did you hear some lady, they like pierced her her skull cavity and all kinds of like brain fluids are leaking out of her nose? Oh. Yeah, pretty gross. But uh, I guess it's not the best test for everybody. No. They also no. have like uh, proved some kind of speed testing now that works really quick. Hey, did you notice also that Shoppers Drug Mart uh, like cases have gone up considerably in shoppers drug mart since they started testing people for covid
2: no so people who visited shoppers drug mart is that what it is
1: i guess it keeps saying like uh three more people at shoppers drug mart contract the covid Uh, i don't really read like you can't read all these articles so
2: it's like if you ask like a certain Percentage of people, most people have been to a Shoppers Drug Mart. So, COVID. especially
1: if they're having COVID-like symptoms first, like maybe they want to. Going to Shoppers. I'm going to Shoppers to take some cough suppressants so I can go to work and drop my kid off at daycare.
2: Antiviral medication. (laughs) Is there an aisle? uh, Antiviral.
1: People, people need to like push it until they're positively sure they have COVID. Like Donald Trump went to like that 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 lady in his party. uh, Uh. they found out she had COVID and then he got in a plane with a bunch of people not wearing masks, mm. flew to some, uh, New Jersey to some like uh, fundraiser, met with a bunch of people, no mask, and then went back. And then it was like he has COVID. So how many people? How yeah. many people? Like what, what's that game with Kevin Bacon? There's six degrees of COVID with Donald Trump. Let's see what happens. Let's follow this story, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we yeah, have some. Pe- on the ground. We have somebody on the ground. Um, so we have uh, a lot of new subscribers lately. So thank you to those of you that aren't related to me or TK. Yep. Which seems like your family's growing considerably.
2: Yep. It must be. I mean, there, there just must be more people in my family who want to subscribe.
1: So if you are still listening at this point, which according, according to Spotify, forty-five percent of the nine people that finish this. Yep. finished it. Uh, that doesn't really make sense, but I think it was like five people. So thank oh, yeah. you. Please <laughs> okay. subscribe Please on subscribe. on YouTube or wherever you are.
2: Like it, share it, uh whatever it is that you need to do. Smash that like button. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? Do you think uh we're going to a lockdown? Do you think we're going to um the schools are going to close down? What do you think?
1: So so I was watching this other guy, I love, he's from Vancouver, and he was uh, saying, "I don't really like to predict things, but I think the evidence to the negative is stronger than the evidence to the positive and I f- kind of feel the same way. I mean, I'm I'm generally an optimist and I really kind of feel like I have to be a for my business and b for my sanity. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely a lot of pressures I find that I don't know if, you know, we can withstand. I mean, definitely the way the numbers are climbing, there's going to be some form of lockdown, right? So we're already seeing it. Like, my daughter's hockey got canceled. Uh, the amount of people in places has shrunk. Uh, they're calling for uh, inside dining to be canceled. So, I mean, that's going to happen at some point because people are calling for it, right? They're priming mm-hmm. us. So that's mm-hmm. probably going to happen. And, I mean, I don't know. How bad does this get? I mean, in the last two weeks, it jumped pretty fast, right? So the, the saving grace at the moment, or at least what everybody's kind of clinging on to, or not everybody, the people that want to stay positive are clinging on to the idea that testing has gone up 8 billion percent. So we have a lot more tests. So, of course, the amount of cases lower
2: percentage of people actually testing positive,
1: lower percentage of people that are tested being uh, uh, contracting the virus, uh, they're also saying that, you know, there's less people in ICU and less deaths, right? So they're kind of hanging their hat on that. Does that change? I don't know. It seems, at least according to the data, that a a much greater percentage are in the under 40 years of age kind of bracket, which seems uh, a lot uh, more able to kind of fight this thing. But Mm -hmm. I think the reality is that we're definitely locking down more than we are today at some point in the next few weeks and what I feel like it so so the, i think
2: it should be compartmentalized i think it should it's, be like it's going hey, to be
1: but the problem yeah. is for us is that toronto is probably one of those big compartments
2: but but like you know what i mean like if, if a shoppers gets it you know okay we got to shut down that shoppers if a school gets it we got to shut down that school if businesses lead to cases they got to shut down those businesses like it should be just yeah. So, a way I mean, to, to say, hey, look, if you guys are being safe and there's been no COVID cases reported here at your restaurant, you should be allowed to have people continue because you must be following the rules and doing everything properly.
1: Sure. Right? And, 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 I mean, that makes sense. Other than the fact that the people coming may not be doing things properly everywhere, right? They might be doing things properly in your place because you're making them do things properly there and they want to go there. Or but they you had have pl- to
2: have proof and evidence of um of spread. So it's like okay, like you went to that restaurant, you went to that restaurant and you went to that restaurant and a week later you're all testing positive for covid and the only three places that you guys had the same was at this restaurant. It yeah. must be that restaurant. Let's take them out. Okay, but by like, then cool. it's probably
1: too late cuz everybody with the covid's already not there anymore, right? So, yeah, anyways, still, there's no perfect way I've, to do it, but... The, the, threat
2: of, the threat of that, I think, will keep people more... Because um, I have I've go I've, I go to places that are really not as careful, to be honest with you. I go to places that are yeah. not as secure and um, taking it as seriously. So, I think that there needs to be a little bit more of motivation for people to take it seriously.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if there hasn't been the motivation yet... I mean, I don't know what incentivizes people to actually follow it, but I mean, maybe maybe this does i, I think I, I think we we've seen it like people will buy what's available and people will go to places that are open
2: and mm-hmm.
1: so so as long as it's
2: at the door you check their temperature you uh, make them sanitize their hands you're you doing it all wearing a mask
1: i mean they closed strip clubs which was probably smart
2: sure and they and should close the, the anywhere in the gathering sizes. Unfortunately, they should... the gym one I don't agree with, but it is what it is. It probably makes sense.
1: That one probably makes <laughs> more sense than it's any it's of them.
2: Classes are not going to be uh, are not going to are going to be affected by that, unfortunately. So
1: there's droplets. Provided. There's droplets flying everywhere. There. I know it's brutal. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> so so okay. So how does that translate into the real estate market? Because we absorbed it pretty nicely the first time. So hold so, on. What happens? Do we? pause again for two months and then get rip-roaring with all this uh, uh, pent-up demand demand
2: again? again? Imagine, eh?
1: Well, what's the (laughs) worst-case scenario?
2: Christmas break sets records.
1: But what's the worst-case scenario here? I don't know. I mean, I, I... like I said last week, I mean, if Nobody you want to find it, you'll find it. There's a lot of doom and gloom out there.
2: Yeah, some somebody gets it traced back to a, a, a open house or a home or something, and that makes the news. Where people say these three people contracted COVID because they visited the same property. It was the only thing consistent in what uh, in what they did that week, you know. And everyone goes touring properties can.
1: I don't think that does much. COVID. I don't think that does much. Listen, everybody nope. got pretty crafty with showings, even when things were closed. People got crafty. Things sold. They slowed down. People are ready for something for the next time, a little more than they were last time. So people have systems in place that were proven to work before mm-hmm. in this environment. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll stall things out. Uh, and then it'll pick up again once uh, they actually shut the city down for a few weeks again. That seems to be what's happening. Listen, the States is having a... a steady decline in cases so they've taken the approach that like we're gonna play whack-a-mole and see what the hell happens and whoever gets it even if it's the president gets it and we'll we'll get through this thing together right that's yeah. the approach that they've taken and we'll see where that gets them I mean they're definitely if you look at the charts their cases are slowly coming down every day so even in Florida well as a as a country I don't country, know about yeah. low Florida, lo- Florida,
2: lo- like Disney World's ramped pack people are out going to everything that they possibly can go to it's yeah so it'll
1: just keep spreading around and going up and down and flying around and moving over here and moving over there until everybody gets smart but like if you look at Australia they said fuck this shit we're closing it down again and what happened their cases went back down to nothing Mm -hmm. but they had to take a hard reset again which fucks all kinds of businesses Mm -hmm. so who knows I mean, listen, a lot of the businesses that are out are businesses that were going out anyways, one way or another, even the restaurants, like it's just time for a new business model it looks like,
2: right? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say all businesses, but you're right. There's definitely a few that weren't able to weather the storm that it's not because of well, COVID all... that they couldn't weather the storm, it was the position that they were in prior to COVID.
1: Or they were about to be in in a year or two. I mean, it just sped a yeah. lot of stuff up, right? So... I mean, I think there's a ton of opportunities coming down the pipe. Hopefully, you know, I, I, I don't see how um, giving. Okay, let's talk about this before we end, because this is what I'm sure. trying to figure out. So CERB turns into CRB, which gives people that worked 120 hours the ability to make $2,000 a month for 26 months. So that's going to make a lot of people actually a lot wealthier than they were before. Okay. So that's going to have an impact somewhere in this economy. Okay. Because those are people that will be able to rent, like that weren't maybe able to rent on their own before, like that had to have a, a roommate, now won't have to have a roommate. They're going to have a disposable income that they weren't used to having. Because I mean, there's lots of people that were making 16, 10, 12 grand that actually qualify to make two grand a month now. Right. Okay. So, so, I mean, th- who, and then also what I like? Who is okay with that, right? Like only people that were making twenty four thousand dollars or less, or maybe thirty thousand, and they stretch themselves. But like, who's okay with getting that check for uh, a couple of years and not going out and getting better pay? Like, just people that were already okay with that, right? Yeah. So how big is that population?
2: Apparently, the highest in the G seven.
1: No, 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 no. That's unemployment, right? That's overall unemployment. But those are not only people that are okay making less than 24 grand a year. There's a lot of high paid people in that too, right? But
2: the main thing is... is that that is part of the equation for our unemployment rate. Sure, and sure, so sure. That, no, but so... it's contributing because of the resources that the government's putting out. It's contributing to the higher unemployment.
1: So, so, but the point is, is like, who is this incentivizing not to go out and find a job? Because what people are saying is that this $2,000 a month is acting as an incentive for people not to look for work. And I'm sitting here going, that's got to be a pretty small percentage of people that are unemployed that are making, you know, that kind of money and okay with it. Uh, Let's
2: just use some reasoning here. So if our unemployment rate is one of the highest and it used to be one of the lowest and all of the economies were affected the same way because of COVID, it yeah. must mean that this in, ad, in additional incentive for people not to work from the government aid is the result of the high unemployment rate
1: so but is that is that is that the difference between us and some of the other countries right so like if
2: like Correlated. Correlation doesn't equal causation, but that's a pretty fair assumption. Think about it.
1: I think it's a fair assumption. And I think it's a significant, like, we're probably talking three to 5% of the unemployed are sitting there going, this is fucking great. Yeah, right? Nobody's going to even check if I'm looking.
2: No, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. hey, You know, diseases. I got got a dog. She's got a leg. I got
1: got arrhythmia. Don't you know? I got arrhythmia here.
2: Right? (laughs) I got a stigmatism. I gotta stay
1: home. <laughs> I'm 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 looking for work, but
2: I can't find anything. Jobs out there, I don't know. There's no jobs. It's I a it's a, I was playing Fortnite with last night. They uh, said they don't have jobs.
1: It's a tight market out there, don't you know? Ten point four percent unemployment. So, yeah. but it, I mean, that's significant. But those people are actually wealthier now.
2: Sure. They're doing great.
1: So what does that do? There's got to be, there has to be, like, that has to cause something in the economy.
2: That creates uh, stimulus in the economy, of course. They're still ordering pizzas and uh, shit off of Amazon. Yeah. Right. Legal so weed.
1: They're all, they're cigarettes. Stuff,
2: right? Seriously. Yeah.
1: Seriously. So that has an impact. Sure. That's positive. And then, so when when you take that into account and you take Condo Wong, his brilliant video about people that are living abroad that are residents that are like, we're coming back to Canada that are not in the normal statistics. Right. So they're going to make up for some of the immigration. Did you see after Trump can contracted COVID, like the most searched Google term was like, how do I get out of the U S and get to Canada? Canada? How do I move to Canada from the U S? So like, I think, um, I mean, once we're ready to let people in and across.
2: This is is what I'm reading between the lines is what you're saying is because we're overstimulating the economy right now and putting ourselves into a huge debt. It's actually going to lead to increase in high skilled workers and uh, high uh, net worth immigration.
1: I don't think that's what I was saying, but I think that there's that's part of the result. I don't know about uh, the high skilled workers. I think, I think the way that we were with COVID and the way we are as a country and the way we are as a city. I mean, like we're like number one for AI in the world right now. Okay, right. What
2: I'm talking about, Daryl, is if you have more applicants on your immigration list, yeah. you're able to select the people who are higher skilled. Ah. Select the people with higher net worth because well, you have more people asking to come into the country.
1: Absolutely. Better, higher paid, higher so in the skilled. End, we're going to come
2: out okay, and we're going to have a stronger economy with uh, more jobs, with uh, less job gaps, higher wages, a little bit of inflation, higher real A lot prices, of
1: inflation.
2: But overall, we're going to be okay.
1: But like new opportunities, listen, there's new opportunities for new businesses to rent some really good office space. For, for a lot less than it was before, which is going to help kickstart some stuff. Yeah. Uh, new retailers that, you know. i office. trying to walk us. I think that uh, it's going to be a boom town. There's going to be another pause. Okay, here. Here's my prediction. Ready?
2: Okay, let me hear it.
1: We're going to pause again in a month.
2: Mm, a month?
1: Yeah. We're going to have a little slowdown again in a month as more cases in schools and in public and all kinds of stuff kind of get down the pipe. Um, there's going to be a scare because Trump's going to get really sick. And the markets are going to freeze up for a little bit. And uh, and then it's going to just be rip-roaring again. Everybody's going to figure it out and uh, boom, off we go. Boom.
2: Daryl. pent-up demand
1: pent-up demand immigration starts to open look after a second wave everybody's going to be like like we got this we we know how to deal with this thing now we are fucking COVID experts and trump's already like using some uh some concoction that they came up with that's under trial so maybe it works maybe it kills them we're gonna see we'll follow that story intently
2: and all these new people moving to Canada are gonna uh, need a place to live and the condo market's gonna bounce back and there's gonna be all sorts of prosperity for all
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be insane
2: and there's not enough uh, incentive for people to build affordable housing through the open door uh, city of Toronto program so that's not gonna be I'm not enough. saying that I just think, to think there's that we're going to have.
1: there's no incentive to get 40,000 units by in the next uh, nine years mm-hmm that's a lot of units that have to come on. And then even still, like, somebody has to build them mm-hmm. instead of a condo. So who's paying more? The guy who's building these affordable units with the government or the guy mm-hmm. building the condo that has to hurry the fuck up and pay his financing off and get people in so he can make his profits? Hmm. Yeah.
2: He's going to be offering a little
1: bit more. So prices are going to keep going up because labor is going to be short. Because mm-hmm. demand is going to go up. to labor's going labor's to go up. Materials are going to go up. Because all these like world uh, supply chains are going to be all screwed up. And everything from China that people have been relying on to keep prices down won't be as able to get here in Canada. Because mm-hmm. we're holding uh, Huawei's daughter in Vancouver for two <laughs> years. No, but crazy, crazy things are going to happen. All kinds of things are going to spin around. But we'll be great here in Toronto.
2: All right, let's le- let's cap it at that. That is that is quite the prediction, and uh, it sounds very plausible. It is it, it heard it here first.
1: I had a vision.
2: We're gonna have someone on the ground about that one too.
1: <laughs> yes, somebody's gonna have to ground Get me. Get someone on the
2: ground looking over looking out for that stuff.
1: All right, okay, another another episode. Enjoy. Absolutely. Good luck Thanks at your for, meetings.
2: Uh, getting us together again, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Adios. Bye.